to Empowery Podcast number three, how to rewrite your story. And I want you to introduce you to my guest, Lydia Keeney. She's an energy healer and teacher at Abundant Heart Space. So hello, Lydia. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to be on your podcast. That's great. And so I thought we could start off with if you could tell listeners more about your journey and how you actually became an energy healer and teacher, because it sounds fantastic. Oh, thank you. So my story is quite long. I'm going to try to put it all in a nutshell (laughs) if I can. Um, And before I tell my story, I want to just tell a little bit about who I am right now, and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go back and, and tell that. So Right now, I am, as you had mentioned, I'm an energy healer, and I am someone who helps people to rewrite their story. So um, let's go back all the way back to when I was little. So I've always been very um, in tune with energy, and I felt energy from the time that that I was very little. And this sometimes showed in, like, um, whenever, you know, in the middle of the night having bad dreams and um, feeling energy in um, the room and going to my parents in the middle of the night and just talking with them and they would comfort me and just remind me of the unconditional love of God and, Mm. and bring me back and center me. And I have a lot of memories of that because as a child, I was very sensitive, but I didn't understand how to control that. And I didn't understand how to put up boundaries and to protect myself from, from that energy. And, um, so I think of myself as having a very strong sixth sense. And so your sixth sense is like intuition and we all have it and some people have it stronger than others. And so, um, this has really impacted my life. And from a young age, I started having dreams that, um, some dreams were like really comforting, like essentially like dreams helping me to kind of see my life path. And then there were other dreams that were more of like warnings, like, you know, this is going to happen, it's going to be big, and then it would happen. Um, And it was just sort of a way for me to protect my heart a little bit. And so um, that kind of also helped direct me in my journey. Um, And so I started, let's see, I'm just going to fast forward (laughs) a a long time. I started nannying right outside of, um, out of high school um, in 2000, I guess that would have been in 2011. And that sort of just happened. It was one of those things that, of course, I, I was being led to do. I didn't actually want to nanny. I wanted to go straight into college, but I just really felt led to start um, nannying. And there was a family that had reached out to me. And so I did that. And while I was with this family, they lived about two hours from my parents. And so I, I lived in with this family. And while I did that, there was another family friend of this family who lived um, a couple states away in Michigan. And um, they had an emergency in their family. The mother went on bed rest. Um, she was pregnant with her fourth child and she already had three little children. And so Aww. they asked if I could go out there and help out. So um, I ended up doing that. Um, and then that just led to a plethora of nanny experiences, families who would just call it and say like, hey, we're having an emergency. And so I called myself a traveling nanny. And this is definitely <laughs> something that the universe was like, you need to do this. <laughs> yeah. And You know, at the time, I definitely, like, so many times when I was feeling like I needed to do something, like, I, I, um, I don't know how to say this, I resisted big time, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to do it, but um, every time that I just allowed myself to do what I was being led to do, there was just so much joy, and so those experiences, like, helping out with the families and learning about family dynamics and, like, um, the importance of following through as Mm -hmm. a parent 
you say things. And I, I learned so much in those years of nannying. I nannied for five years. Um, I lived in six different states with that. Wow. And um, that actually led me to starting my piano business because one of the families that I nannied for in uh, Missouri, they had a daughter who took piano lessons from this lady and I ended up going there. And so a little background on my, my musicality, I, from the very young age have um, played the piano and I sing and I started taking lessons when I was five and I've had lessons from lots of different teachers all growing up and so music is a huge part of my life mm. and so I um, started um, I went to this lesson with this um, this client of mine and um, after the lesson the lady wanted to hear me play and wanted to hear a little bit about my journey with music and she's like Lydia you've got to start teaching this method so just a little background to how most people teach music typically you learn how to um, read music first and then you learn how to um, play after you've already learned how to read music Um, I never knew that (laughs) Really? Yeah. So in order for you to play, you have to be able to read the notes um, and dictate what you play. So, but this method actually teaches it like the opposite way. And in my eyes, it's the way that we should teach music because music is like a language. And, and that is you learn how to play before you learn how to read, just like you learn how to, to speak before you ever learn how to read. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For us as, as grown-ups to say to our like little baby, like, okay, you're going <laughs> to read before they even learn how to speak. Yeah. Um, and so I loved that so much because I've always been one too. I can sit down on the piano and I can compose a song like just instantly. That I um, have always been one who is inclined to playing from what I hear and like composing and improvising and so I ended up uh, after getting married in 2015 and moving to North Carolina I ended up starting a business surrounding this methodology of teaching so teaching students how to play and then how to after they learn how to play to read and write and what ended up happening is well for one thing music is so so healing Mm. and um I getting a lot of adult students who had tried to learn how to play when they were kids, but were not successful in that. And um, which to me was really beautiful to get to witness, like recreating their story around um, what they thought of themselves when it came to if they were musical or not, because so many of these people were so musical. It was just the fact that they had tried to learn the wrong way. Mm. And So um, I did that for a few years. And um, after, you know, a little over a year, I had 40 um, students and it was a really, really good business. But what I found is I found my students started coming to me, multiple students, not all of them, but a lot of my students started coming and asking me if we could do coaching sessions instead of doing piano lessons. And I was like, huh, I wonder what... (laughs) versus telling me right now like I feel like there's something here. yeah um, and I also want to go back before I go forward about tell about something um really traumatic that happened around this time so when I was 19 this is a little before I got married um I started having some really bad health issues um and I started losing weight and um I was reacting to like everything that I ate I couldn't breathe like I started going in anaphylactic um, shock and so what I ended up doing is I went to so many different doctors and finally figured out that I had a corn allergy 
Yeah, and corn is in literally everything. Oh, yeah. And so um, what ended up happening is I cut corn out of my diet. And then in cutting it out, I got, I became more and more allergic to it. Like if I accidentally got it, my reaction would get a little bit bigger. And um, corn like is in salt because salt has dextrose and it's in water because water has a little bit of cornstarch that they mix with the chlorine. I don't know about there, but, but in the United States, it wow. has. Um, I have no idea about here. <laughs> I should look that up actually. Yeah. So that meant that I could not eat out anymore and I couldn't eat at other people's houses. Um, and it was very restricting. And I, I got down to 95 pounds and around in the same time, I listened to this podcast and in the podcast, it talked about um, manifesting and how if we really want to change something in our life that we can, if, if it aligns with our life's purpose, and we can actually manifest that. And so I just, you know, even though the doctors told me over and over that like, this is going to be here for the rest of your life, like people who have this type of reaction, they, it doesn't just go away. I just couldn't believe that. And so I wrote down on a post-it note, I don't have any allergies. And I put it on the mirror. By the way, I also wrote, um, I wrote, I exercise every day. And I have not been exercising every day. <laughs> So it really is about um, not only the words that we are speaking, but it's about mm. our follow-through as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the part that sometimes people, when they hear about manifesting, they're like, oh, so you just like write it down and then it comes. It's like, no, that's not how it works. No. But so I wrote this on a piece of paper and I just started speaking every single day. It was on my mirror. And every night when I went to bed, I prayed and I begged God to take away this allergy because it was just so hard to live. And it was also not just like on a physical level, but you can imagine like being that mm. skinny. I felt about myself when I looked in the mirror and, and I just like, I was skin and bones mm. and, um, and I was so hungry all the time. Anyway, so I, um, around the same time, I heard about this lady in Missouri who had helped my aunt who was allergic to gluten for 15 years. And, um, and by the way, I just want to state that this lady does not help people who have had allergies for their whole lives. This lady helps people who have allergies that come up, um, in their, you know, their adult life. So, um, I ended up flying out there and, she uses something called NAET. She's a Nate practitioner. And the best way for me to describe what she does is it's like a mixture of like chiropractic work mixed with like energy work and like more of a, like a psychology, like counseling sort of. Um, and it's like, you combine all of those things. So you combine like the mind, the body. And, um, in the first session she sat down and she's like, okay, like something really big happened to you around this time in your life. And it triggered you to have this allergy. She's like, we, after talking, we were able to figure out that it was around when I was 19 that it started. So she's like, um, what happened to you when you were 19? And I told her, I was like, well, life was great. Like I had just started dating my now husband and like, yeah, I don't know. And she looks at me with these like all knowing eyes. And she just says like, Lydia, were you molested? And in that moment, like my whole body, it all came back and it was just such a such a negative experience that yeah. I had tried to block it out completely block it out mm. and I guess that's what can be done sometimes is that we block out trauma working with my clients and um, it's just 
the natural inclination when we have something really hard that happens, like energetically, there are places in our body that we close up. And one of those places is usually our heart space. And depending on what happened, a lot of times, like our throat chakra gets closed because in the experience, we don't feel like we can speak our voice. And so like energetically, it really disrupts the body. And then Mm. as a result of that, there's a lot that happens. Um, And so when I heard this, um, it really changed my life because after this experience that I went through, uh, by the way, after seven sessions, that one week that I was there, I was able to, I brought in a donut and, um, because the lady said, you know, you are going to be able to eat corn now without reacting. And I ate it and I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die eating a donut. (laughs) Well, you know Um, what, if you're going to go out that way, (laughs) why not? The second thing I ate after that was fried chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken, and it was the best fried chicken ever. Anyway, can you imagine? (laughs) I know. Well, I hadn't had it in so long, and I I think I actually had tears. Like I was crying. I'm someone who loves food probably more than I should. Um, But anyway, it was just like so. I don't know, like ground shaking, but in a good way because. I really felt like, again, that this was another turn in my path that like that heaven was telling me like, this is what you're going to do for people. Now you're going to set them free. You're going to show them that they can rewrite their story and you're going to help them to do that. And so I didn't quite have the tools at the time. Like I knew that I needed to do that, but I didn't know how. And so I felt that that was in the form of coaching. Mm -hmm. And so I became certified you know, as a life coach and I started doing that, but I found a lot of resistance. Like I, I couldn't get my coaching, um, started for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't have a lot of clients that were coming. And the weird thing is the clients that did come to me were not really, we didn't end up doing coaching. We ended up doing more energy healing work. And, um, so then fast forward over a year, my husband and I, in March, we moved to Assumption Paraguay. And that, by the way, is a story in itself um, for another time. Um, And that's where we're at now. We moved from North Carolina to Paraguay. And in that move, I think what happened is that I felt comfortable finally with being who I am. Because for so long, I was just surrounded by other people. And as an empath and someone who feels energy, Mm. well, I think really we are all so influenced by other people whether we know it or not we are it's just right um and there's some of us who are more so just because we feel so much and so um I think I needed this experience to really be able to hear what I am called to do and so this last month I've finally stepped into um using a lot of the same tools and techniques that I learned about in my healing journey um combined with energy healing to help people to rewrite their stories and you know I I just think your journey your story your experience is just so powerful because you've also learned as well that you know these opportunities present itself and you go with the opportunities and you're willing to develop you're willing to grow and that is so key in I mean sorry that is key in rewriting your story that you have to be flexible you have to be open 
and not yes. judgmental <laughs> and think, you know, I will give because I know this is where I need to be at this point in my life yep. instead of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. that that's amazing. I think that um, for any of you out there who are in the process, like you know that you're not quite where you need to be, but you're not sure how to find that, my suggestion to you would be to take some time and to really, really get clear on um, what it is that you do when you help people. And, and also become really clear about the people in your life who are really close to you. So your close friends and family, because so many times what happens is the thoughts that they have about what we should be doing influence us a lot to the point where we can't hear what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. And so it's really important for us to feel and be aware of our energy and then also be aware of other people's energy and separate that so that we can get clear on what it is that we are supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I I guess that's what comes into meditation Mm. and also (laughs) self-care. You know, that's why I'm so passionate about self-care because it can create that space for you to actually think about what is my voice? What is my instinct? What are my instincts telling me? Do I feel comfortable? Is this my voice or am I bringing on my parents' voice or my partner's voice or, you know, is this me? And and I think that's key as well in terms of being able to change direction in your career or your personal life. It's about being, like you said, being clear about what you want and where you want to be and taking that time out definitely mm-hmm. yeah and I I guess it's just you know in terms of because it's so powerful with naming the podcast how to rewrite your story because it links in with your journey and that is just evidence in itself and how you can rewrite your story and end up in a space of acceptance self-love in alignment with where, what you're meant to do and who you are. And I guess it's then, you know, and you gave great advice just then about how you can rewrite your story just now, which I think it would be helpful if you could. Do you have any other tips on how listeners could rewrite their story? So I want to take the listeners through something that I do in my sessions. And um, just because I think that even hearing this can give each of you an idea of what you can do in meditation with yourself. Mm. So the first step is becoming really, really aware of your I am statements. So these self-limiting beliefs that we have, when we say, um, for instance, I'm going to just like come up with a completely random, like fake story. So um, Susie down the street says, I am bad at math, right? And she says, I'm bad at math. And she has this belief within herself that she's bad at math. Now we work together in this session. And um, the first thing that I do is I figure out where that is hiding out in her body. So usually when we have something that is very negative that we're saying about ourselves, we actually trap this energy in the body. Um, 
And one of my gifts is clairvoyance, so I hear. And a lot of times when I'm connected with a client, sometimes they also hear. And what we'll do is we'll figure out, like, where that is in the body. So let's say that for whatever reason, Susie, is um, that that negative feeling is hanging out in her heart. So we go Mm -hmm. into her heart, and I say, okay, so what are these feelings that come from this statement in your heart so you have this statement but what are the feelings so she says well it makes me feel insecure it makes me feel inadequate it makes me feel um like i can't be used because i really want to have a career doing math but um i can't and then it makes me you know and she has all of these these words these these adjectives that she feels from this experience so i write them all down and then um from that we go to, I I asked Susie, okay, well, what made you start thinking this? Like go back in time to the earliest time when you had this belief about yourself. And so she goes back in time and she goes to when she is three, no, let's, let's make it a little older. Let's say five, because usually kids don't really learn that much math at three, but okay. So she's five Mm -hmm. and, um, and she hears her mom comparing her to her brother saying that you know he is much better at math and she's just better at writing okay so she hears that when she's five and she believes it because as kids we believe what our parents say Mm. Um, and so that becomes her story and so then we we walk through her whole life and just I have her think about these different moments and then what we do is and this is more of like a meditation we go back to that three-year-old and I have Depending, so every session that I do, I I try my best to be as aligned as I can with heaven and just hear what I'm being told to tell the client. And so each session looks a little bit different, but I either have, if um, I have clients either bring themselves or I have them bring God into the session, like divine love. And I have them um, go to the, this, you know, um, five-year-old Susie, we're just going to use this as the example, who believes that she's mm. bad at that. And, and, and I have them connect to this divine love at five years old. And what is it that, that God would tell you if, if, if he could give you a message at five years old to tell you and to comfort you and, and to help you to understand that that statement is not true. And you can Mm. do the same process with your present self. You can take your present self to your, your five-year-old self or however old you are. And so we, here, both the client and myself, like I, I guide them because sometimes it's really emotional. And sometimes when you're going through this yourself, it's harder to hear. So to have someone else there to help you is, is, is helpful. Um, and so we write down exactly what that, that comforting, um, you know, the words are. And, um, and so then we leave that scene and we go to the present self and we, we work through the exact same process through the present self. And then there's one more, and that is the future self. So we have um, the future self come to the present self to essentially like tell the present self where the future self is at. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and in with particularly with this experience in mind. And so the future self comes to the present, present Susie and says like, hey, like you should see me. I'm so happy. I I'm actually really good at math, and um, and I've actually used it, you know, in my career. And and I am so intelligent and smart, and and just combating these negative beliefs that are not true and rewriting the story. Um, and I actually had something interesting happen this yesterday. I think it was when I had a client. We were doing this process, and all of a sudden, as 
and we were at the point where we were working on the, the, the younger self. And I heard like, you need to do energy work on that younger self. And so I, I just do what I'm told. And so I just started, you know, yesterday I, I heard that I needed to actually do energy work on that um, younger self of this client, right? So that was a really interesting experience because I just, I do what I'm told. So when I hear that, I'm like, there's a reason I need to do this. And so I did some clearing on the, the younger version of this person. And um, it's just, I guess, another reminder for me that, we have so much power to recreate our story and these different negative things that we believe about ourselves. Like it's up to us to, to mm. step up and to say like, this isn't true anymore. Like I, mm. you know, I'm going to erase this and I'm going to create something different. And the last step that I do with my clients in this process is we figure out what one to three and every client is different one to three statements that are positive that they need to start saying about themselves that completely is the opposite of their previous statement and then I just rip up that previous statement and they never say it again so like Susie would never say she's bad at math again that's just erased and um and that is the process and it's such a beautiful process Oh, I well, just hearing you talk about the pro- process, just it's so enlightening and it just makes you feel like even if you can be in a really difficult space and in a troublesome mindset, meaning that you are struggling with your thoughts, that there is a way out of that yes. and it's about processing where you are where you want to be and where you've been and making a commitment to yourself yeah and what you just said oh go ahead no you go ahead sorry well I was just gonna say what you just said for some reason made me think about something and I was definitely not planning on sharing this on the podcast but for whatever reason my my angels are saying like you need to share this so I might get emotional but um when I was really young I told you a little bit about how I I didn't understand energy and I didn't understand how to like control everything that I was feeling. Um, Another Mm -hmm. thing that happened to me is being a sensitive, I started having major OCD. So um, I had like really bad obsessive compulsive like disorder to the point where, and, and mine was, so there's like lots of different types and I always mess up the way that I say this, but it's scrupulosity, which is the type where you feel like you're going to go to hell if you don't do something right. So you, mm. you like have to feel like you always have to pray like all the time. And I mean, it, it showed up in other forms too, but this was like my main form of OCD. And I had that mm. for years and years and years. And, um, when I went through all of this healing, um, as a young adult, and I learned about, um, about recreating my story and I learned about all of these things. And I learned about processes to, to, to stop myself from thinking these obsessive thoughts over and over. Um, and I did, and I don't have that, like I'm, I'm liberated from that. And, um, and that was something that that was a part of me, you know, like that, that was a part of my story. Um, but it, I'm free of that. And so, yeah, it's amazing. And just the work that, that you've done and committed yourself to doing because you knew that is what you were meant to do. And it just goes to show, isn't it? 
that if you invest in yourself and you learn to believe in yourself, then you really will reap the rewards and get the rewards that you want out of life. Yeah. And in order to help other people to the greatest degree, we have to first help ourselves. And this Mm. is so so big. We're never going to be able to help other people with an empty cup. Yeah. And I never understood that at first. I was like, no, but you're supposed to help everyone. How can you just be focused on helping yourself first? And then as you get older and the more responsibilities, the more experiences you go through, then it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) that you you know so that is yeah it just makes so much sense and again it's just that's what I always say to clients and to listeners is to just always focus on how you're feeling Mm -hmm. or can you give more do you need time to take time for you you know yeah, and keep monitoring those points because then that's a clear indication of what is going on in your life is working for you or it isn't working for you and that something may need to change in order to increase your cup and start working from a full cup yeah it's so, so true and you know there's a lot of coaches probably who are listening to this and people who are in the health and wellness field and people who help people and there's probably like a lot of moms who are listening to this and to all of you mm. out there who are are in a place like this and you are helping people um i want to give you a um a definition that i have really appreciated and it has really changed my life and that is there's a difference in compassion and empathy um and so many times we hear how important it is to have empathy well so empathy is actually like every energy or sorry not every energy every um feeling has a different energy so empathy is at a lower vibrating energy in the sense that in order to help someone in the energy of empathy you have to go down to the level of the client now Mm compassion is a lot like empathy it really is the way I think of compassion is I think of it as empathy with boundaries Um, and Mm. so when we are able to have compassion on someone and help them from the state or from the point of compassion it doesn't take from our energy we're able to actually leave the session or leave the clients and feel happy and feel Mm. still connected to heaven Um, and so this has been uh, an interesting shift for me and I'm still working on like how to always work in compassion and there's definitely mm. people in our lives I think that tend to bring us to empathy like faster than compassion and we lose our boundaries like family for instance yeah. and that's why yeah. like I have just tried to not do as much energy work on family because I do get more emotionally involved speak about coaching corner where I've received two questions from listeners so I will read out the first question and this is from Maria so thank you Maria for your question and so Maria said I have been struggling with a diagnosis and how it can could impact upon potential relationships and how can I discuss my diagnosis with potential partners confidently first thing that comes to me is just this little phrase embrace your story Mm. and I think that 
that is so, so essential. And this is part of your journey. Now, it's really, really important that you're able to speak about your journey to the people in your life that you love the most. And for myself, like anytime I have something that's that's very vulnerable like that for me, um, what I do is I, I spend a little bit of time in meditation on who I need to tell. And there's some obvious people in your life that you definitely need to tell because if you don't feel comfortable telling these people, then I don't know, like you, you really need to be able to because communication is so important and it, communicating your story to the people who are the closest in your life is so important. Um, and I think that to get to that level, if you don't feel comfortable telling them yet, then spend time before telling them in just learning how to embrace your story and to find mm. self-love. Um, and then the other thing is there might be some people who you're not meant to tell because maybe for whatever reason, um, they don't have your highest good in mind. And I think that it's just really important to to tune in and and to use your intuition in this and your intuition will help you to know who you who it's safe to tell and who it's not um as far as the closest people in your life like you have to tell them um and like i said if you don't feel comfortable with it at the time then definitely spend more time and just fully embracing your story so that you can um, be comfortable in telling them no that's fantastic that that's what you said is exactly how I would answer that question as well so I think that's fantastic really and you know what I could possibly add is just you know Maria if you are ready maybe writing down what you want to say just in case you know you struggle with your words at least when it's written down and you've processed that information then that can make maybe make the conversation easier but again thank you so much Maria for your question and you know let me know how how it turns out um I'd be interested to know so moving on to our second question which is from Anne she asks how can I change my thoughts about a difficult experience that seems to be holding me back okay so I feel like this if she could kind of if, if Anne could kind of process through exactly what um, I had said about the starting from what it is that's holding you back and then going in and and figuring out exactly like the emotions around that writing those emotions down and realizing that this experience that happened to you um it's it's part of your story but you don't have to um let it hold you back you can recreate your story and so just taking enough time um in meditation and in just journaling and figuring out exactly how it is that you could take that and flip it around so that you can find um, what it is that you need to speak to. So like kind of using that same, the same process that I had spoken about what I do with my clients. Like you can mm. literally use that exact same process and figuring out how to take that negative story and turn it positive. Yeah. And I guess it's then also looking at, you know, connecting with other communities or groups where people have gone through similar experiences and using that platform um as a community that you can voice how you're feeling and and maybe it will give you confidence to know that 
you are not the only person and you know and looking at other people's experiences and how they've managed and navigated life and maybe using that as a, a tool as well as a way to break free from what has been holding you back as well and um, because it's important to have a supportive community and support group that you can rely on and turn to in good and in difficult times as well yes but you know I think and the it's what Lydia has said has been really really helpful and it's definitely important to get down to that that level of understanding and digging deep really about your difficult experience and thinking about the future and how you have the the power to turn that around and it's all in you and connecting with that as much as you can in your process of whole you know trying to unblock what is what is stopping you from moving forward but I just want to say thank you Anne for your question and I hope that what myself and Lydia have spoken about today has has been helpful for you. So Lydia thank you so much for being a guest on Empowered She podcast and I just wanted to ask how can listeners get hold of you? Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. It has been such a good time, good conversation. Um, Yes, so you can find me online at AbundantHeartSpace.com. On my LinkedIn, my name is Lydia, L-Y-D-I-A, and then Keeney, and that's K-E-E-N-E-Y. And I am on LinkedIn. I do videos almost every single day. And then my Instagram is Lydia underscore Keeney. And um, I also have a podcast, and it's Find Your Happy, which is on pretty much all of the platforms, podcast platforms. And the last thing is I have a group for women. Um, any of you who are, are looking for some more inspiration and some, just a team of other women who are all, we're, we're all working on trying to, to go to the next level and to grow as women. Um, and that is called, in Spanish, it's called Florecer en Tribu. Now, the whole group is actually in English, but there are three okay. of us here in, in Paraguay who we've created it. And we were here in Paraguay and we all speak Spanish. And so we just thought it would be kind of fun to, to name it something in Spanish, which in English means flourish in your tribe. So you can find that um, on, on Facebook. It's called Florecer en Tribu. And what did it mean again? Sorry. It means flourish in your tribe flourishing your tribe oh that's amazing love that (laughs) like daily challenges and um it's been a really really fun group yeah no that sounds great and what i will do is put all the details in the show notes um just to follow up so yes please connect with lydia you know the work that she does is fantastic as you you heard on our podcast and our conversation today and yes again please you know listen check out Lydia and you know I just want to say again thank you so much Lydia for being a guest on Empowered She and thank you all for listening to Empowered She podcast thank you for having me